This is Tony Drake, Certified Financial Planner with Drake & Associates, and this is the Retirement Ready Show. Our goal is to educate you on the many topics of retirement and inform you how to create a successful Retirement Ready Roadmap. Thank you for joining me today for another episode where we will make your Retirement Ready Roadmap simple. I'm Tony Drake, Certified Financial Planner with Drake & Associates, You can always visit us at retirementreadyshow.com. Lots of great tools and resources. For our friends in Wisconsin, we have some upcoming evening workshops. Taking a little bit of a break. We've had so many great friends from the community come in for a second set of eyes. We've been a little bit busy, but we're going to start up again in February 21st and 22nd in the evening, 6.30 p.m., excuse me, out in Pewaukee. We'll keep that to one hour talk a little bit about the economy. Are we going to see these rate cuts? More importantly, what does it mean for your retirement? We know taxes are on the rise January 2026. We want to show you some strategies you can implement to help protect yourself from that. We also have some great ways to connect right on our website. You can set up a 15-minute phone call if you have any questions that's completely complimentary. Or if you'd like a second set of eyes on your plan, Maybe you're someone who's done your plan yourself, or maybe you haven't even started. In any of those cases, we can help. You can do that in person or virtually right at retirementreadyshow.com. Got my buddy, Randy Winkler. Hey, Tony. How are you? Good. How are you? Happy New Year. Happy New Year, yeah. A little late, a couple weeks into the New Year. Yeah, this is the first time we're together on the radio this year. That's right. How many times have you written 2023? Not yet. I've been pretty uh, pretty aware of it, so I haven't screwed up yet. I'm so bad at it. (laughs) been a uh, wild start to the year we've had snow some cold here finally yeah it was uh, i was really enjoying the lack of winter during this uh this season but uh yeah it's it's bound to hit us eventually and here it is although we went up to uh, minneapolis to, a few days after christmas and came back on new year's eve and we had the exact same weather driving up his back it was going between about 28 and 34 rain snow sleet depending it was the whole i was like boy we were up there for three days and it's like the weather it was exactly the same right right so but uh, it wasn't too bad of conditions yeah yeah that, well we got a great topic this week before we jump in though i just know we uh, we found out over the years lots of financial advisors and people in the industry that tune into the show and we have a couple of great openings um at our waukesha firm here and some some in grand rapids as well but we're looking for to add some great advisors to the team so we'd love to talk to you if you'd love to learn more about it you can also visit our website drakeandassociates.net if you scroll down to the bottom there's a work here link and i'll take you through all the opening jobs a lot of our benefits have some uh it's all the great clients that are working with us we have some room to expand our customer service department so yeah be be excellent to have you so great topic this week randy i want to talk a little bit about how spending changes in retirement and there's i think different phases of retirement and the spending can be different imagine after years of diligent savings and careful planning you finally reach that kind of magical date you know now we're retired But with that milestone comes a critical and often kind of scary question. How much can I safely spend without, you know, running out of money? I think it's the biggest fear that all of us have. And it really is a balancing act. On one hand, you want to enjoy what you've worked so hard for, you know, chasing some of those, I call bucket lists, Randy, some Mm -hmm. of those dreams, right? The fun stuff we want to do. And you really want to make a most out of this chapter in life. On the other hand, there's the real fear of depleting your nest egg too soon, potentially leaving you in a financial uh, situation where you're out of money. And that's a tough position to be in. So how do you navigate it? 
Well, today we're going to share insights from a fascinating piece of research that was conducted by the University of Michigan that could be the guidepost you need to consider uh, how to better understand, you know, spending in retirement. So stick with us as we kind of dive into this research and its potential impact on your retirement years. And while today's show is going to provide some, you know, really valuable insights, personalizing this knowledge to your unique situation is what can truly make the difference. If you're eager to navigate your retirement spending with a lot of clarity and confidence, we're here to assist. That's a complimentary process with us. You can give us a call at 414-409-7226, or you can visit the website, retirementreadyshow.com. And remember, a successful retirement isn't just about accumulating wealth, but it's really about translating that wealth into years of comfort, joy, and fulfilling experience. Helping you pursue that is important. And I think, Randy, a lot of times when people ask about, you know, that's probably the number one question I've gotten over the years. Do I have enough money? Am I going to be okay? Mm -hmm. Most people don't realize that they are asking about income. I think because of some of these sensational commercials and stuff, people tend to focus on the balance. But it really is about income. Am I going to have the income I need to survive inflationary periods, to survive good markets, bad markets, do all the fun stuff? And that, that's what it really kind of boils down to. And I think we have to start by thinking about a more accurate retirement spending pattern. That's what it really sometimes, you know, we can do all the planning we can. The one piece that's out of our control is what's actually being spent. And that right. can make such a big difference. Yeah, that's that's the, I've heard you say that many times and I've kind of adopted that, too. That's the number we have the least control over as the advisor. That's totally on the client. And one thing I notice is people very often underestimate what their spending will be. Either they're not keeping track of it now or they haven't really thought what retirement looks like. So for a lot of people, uh, retirement is just a date and a dollar amount, and it's much more than that. You have to think about what's what's it going to look like when I'm no longer going into work. There's a lot of uh, emotional and psychological things that happen. I, I warn people generally, we can show somebody, hey, your financial plan looks fantastic. You're going to be good. You're not going to run out of money. You can even spend more. And they get it. But about a month before retirement, I even tell them this is coming, they, it suddenly dawns on them, hey, I'm no, not only not only no longer going to be getting a check every month. I'm not putting money into this bucket and I'm going to start draining it as well. And there's this moment of panic where, Hey, I need to see that plan again. Yep. I I even let them know it's coming. It becomes very real when you're about a month out from that last paycheck. So taking a look at that and thinking about what does retirement look like? How do you want to spend it? There's going to be ebbs and flows. And we'll talk about that today. Sometimes you're spending a little more, a little less, or you're taking a look at all of the different aspects of retirement and then really concentrating on what the purpose of all this. It's not about dying with the biggest bucket of money. I saw a billboard once that I wish I would have taken a picture of because I have quoted this thousands of times. It said, you will never see a U-Haul getting pulled behind a hearse. And I thought, <laughs> I love it. You don't, you know, Hey, you know, we, if I die with $10 million, I win. No, you're, you're really leaving, you know, leaving something out. And I always enjoy working with the clients that say, Hey, we want to bounce our last check. That's the goal for our retirement plan. So putting some thought into that, not just the numbers, you know, that's the area that we can really help with, but taking a look at what's going to give you a fulfilling and and enjoyable retirement, whatever that looks like, if it's travel or giving back, spending time with, with grandchildren, we've got people that are volunteering, they're going back to school, you know, think about that before you get there, because it can be kind of jarring when suddenly you're not going to work and that, that structure has, has left your days. 
Yeah, really important to kind of get that squared away ahead of time. And it really does come down to that spending and figuring that out. And, you know, usually spending can decline after the age of 70, but that's not the case for everybody. And there was some interesting, you know, information in the study, a personal observation of mine kind of received some academic support when I found this research study from the Michigan Retirement and Disability Research at the University of Michigan. And their study developed that into real-world spending patterns of retirees and the findings. And that resonated kind of really deeply with my experience when they posted the question to retirees in the early years of retirement, how has your household spending changed over the last six years? The answers were telling. Only 29% reported a dip in spending. Meanwhile, a significant 37% felt that their spending remained constant, and a notable 34%, you know, experienced an uptick. So I think that supports what you're saying, Randy, because it does change. And I think there was, I don't know, maybe I was going to say a couple months ago, might have been a couple years ago now. All of, we've done so many shows, it yeah. blends together. But at one point, we kind of did a retirement myth show. And one of the old kind of retirement myths was, hey, in retirement, you're only going to spend, you know, 70 to 80% of your pre-retirement spending. So you can plan on less expenses. And Randy, we've been doing this probably longer than we should admit. <laughs> How many times have you had a retire? you know, person or couple say, you know what, I'm going to cut my spending by 20% now that I'm retired. Yeah. It, I've seen it happen, but it's more the other direction where people are like, Hey, we're, we're active and we're participating in these hobbies. And a lot of times it's the little things you didn't think of. We joined the gym and we've got a gym membership now and we're taking an extra vacation and we're spoiling the grandkids. And it's the little things that add up and their expenses go up. Uh, occasionally I've seen it where somebody's like, Hey, you know, we don't have to, we don't have all the expenses associated with work. I don't need a new car. I don't have the mileage. I don't need to buy clothes. And those times everyone's well, like, well, I thought I needed 5,000 a month and I only need 3,500 and now it's down to 2000. But those are more the exceptions than the rule. Generally the, the expenses go up at least for the first few years. Well, and you, you suddenly have time, yeah, right? I mean, there's all this great, I know you and your wife love to travel, mm -hmm. I would imagine when you retire, hopefully it's not soon, Randy. No, not soon. <laughs> we need you, buddy. But someday when you retire, I would imagine the two of you in states are going to travel more because it's such a passion of yours and you're going to have the time and flexibility to do that. And I think so many people fall into that category where, you know, some of the things they wanted to do, there just wasn't time to do it when you had kids and your career and all this stuff. And now you have time to do that. So it is common to see that spending go up. We talk about three phases of spending, the go-go years, that's that early period in retirement where you do have the time and you're knocking out a bunch of that fun bucket list stuff. Then there's the slow-go years, and it could be because, you know, we've knocked some of those things off the list, so now we're maybe being a little bit more of a homebody and the spending comes back down in line. And then, of course, there's the no-go years later in life where we can fall into medical issues and that can really spike our spending. Yeah, and that's different for every person. I, I think of my folks. My dad went ziplining in Costa Rica on his 82nd birthday. So his uh, his slow-go years didn't happen until he was later. That's so, amazing. So for some people, it's, I mean, I've learned here that age is very relative. We've got some clients that are in their 50s that are old, and we have clients in their 90s that are very young and vital. So part of it, I think, is having that vision for your retirement and participating in your passions and getting out there. And what's the saying? You don't stop playing because you get old. You get old because you stop playing. Yeah, so, I think you're on to something there. Yeah. It is interesting. We've had the opportunity to sit on our side of the desk and 
see people, I would say, from early 50s that retire really early to, you know, clients that have been great clients for a long time and 80s, 90s, they've been have a couple over 100 and, and, you know, people are living longer and longer, but there is, it seems to be so much that you can do to control. And it seems like the ones that stay active, keep moving, you know, they, they, they certainly seem to kind of stay out of that no-go stage for a longer period of time where the folks that maybe get a little more, more comfortable with Netflix and the couch or whatever <laughs> it might be, uh, things are different. So, so much out of your control, but lots that you can control, but we really want to account for the fact that we may have a more dynamic income plan. It might not just be a set number that we're planning to spend each and every month for the rest of our retirement. Well, a great topic this week, Randy, we're talking about retirement income. And this big question that people have, do I have enough money? Am I going to be okay? And, you know, we're really diving into the kind of meat of today's topic. If you've ever sat across a desk from a broker, financial advisor, talking about retirement, there's a pretty common narrative that you likely heard. They often propose a simple replacement rate formula. We talked about this a little bit before the break. They might suggest in retirement, you need somewhere between 70 to 90% of your pre-retirement income. Now, I've got to admit, this advice has always like really driven me crazy. Over the last uh, couple of decades that I've been a financial advisor, you know, I just don't see people that really want to cut their spending. To your point, Randy, it happens, but it just doesn't happen too often. And I think this observation of mine, you know, received that back. And again, we're looking today at the University of Michigan study that the Michigan Retirement Disability Research Center and they really dove into the real world spending of folks and and what they found sometimes is spending typically starts to decline but not till the age of 70 so if we dive into that a little deeper the study showed an initial increase in spending for many of the early days of retirement that pattern changes as we move further along the retirement timeline as a retiree ages specifically around the age of 70 and beyond many start to tighten up their belts but why does this happen why would someone who embraced their retirement with open arms and open wallets suddenly become more frugal? Well, a study points us to two distinct categories of retirees, each with their own unique reasons for this shift in spending pattern. First, we have the group who, in hindsight, may have enjoyed their early retirement a tad too much. Right? They didn't look far enough ahead in their early spending habits. And while fun and fulfilling at the moment, it may not have been sustainable. I know we, we've met people like that, right. Randy. Yeah, it's unfortunate that uh, I've, I could tell the stories from the last you know two decades where somebody comes in and they think that financial planning happens once you're out of money. I remember I met with a couple. I'll never forget this because it's just burned in my memory because I I'd lost sleep over it and they didn't seem to realize what was going on. They came in and like, well, we wanted to talk to you. And it's like, oh, I'm gathering some data. And oh, we retired a few months ago. And like, oh, you have retirement plans? Like, yeah, we did. Oh, did you roll into an IRA? No, we spent them. Okay, so um, what 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 are you doing now? Well, that's why we're here, and like okay, we can help people if there's an account and with some other things. But if there's no, and they were years away from Social Security, and they were very disappointed, uh, but not as concerned as they should have been to realize that they didn't have any source of income short of going back to work. So. A lot of people think, well, I'm retired. Now would be the time to talk to somebody. It's generally good to get in a, you know, five to 10 years early to take a look at it and start talking about the things maybe you haven't considered. We see a lot of people that make decisions without the experience. Like a very common one is when they're, somebody's taking a pension. They need to make a decision. Do I take the, the maximum pension with no survivor benefits? So when I'm gone,
gone, the pension's gone. Do I take a smaller benefit, but there's something left over after I'm gone? You know, we can calculate out what makes sense there. Most people without guidance, they just take the the, the highest payout, which then they have an insurance issue because if they're gone, you need to protect that income from going away. So um, a lot of times these aren't difficult decisions, but if it's not something you do every day, all day long, staying on top of the recent you know laws and changes, you know, we, we know what the obstacles and the pitfalls are. We can avoid them, that it's not a concern. So it, you wouldn't go to your doctor after I joke around, I wouldn't go to my doctor and say, Hey, I had an earache. So I cut my toe off. Right. You know, it's like, oh, <laughs> Why did you do that? You know, it's too late for me to do anything about the toe now, you know, go in and talk to the doctor when you're having the issue and, and leverage their expertise. So same thing when it comes to financial matters, even if you think, you know, there's a lot of people that are very knowledgeable and very good do-it-yourselfers, but getting that second opinion, I think, uh, gives you a little bit of peace of mind. Hey, podcast fans. If you're ready to take the next steps to create your retirement-ready roadmap, then visit us at retirementreadyshow.com. Here you can download educational white papers, sign up for educational no-obligation workshops, or schedule your complimentary consultation. Also, don't forget to follow us and like us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Now back to the podcast. Well, and I think there's some interesting nuances, and, and I love the way you say it, Randy. I used to always kind of say I'm a, a math and data nerd, which I, I know we both kind of fall into that camp, but I like how you say it. When someone asks a question, you say, well, let's see what the plan says. But what you're really saying is let's see what the math says, right? Because right? the plan is about math. So that pension example is a great one. We can take the various pension options say, hey, at 70, 80, 90, this is what we have left based on these decisions. Does it make sense to protect the other spouse, take a reduced amount? Maybe you're healthy and it makes sense to take the higher amount and, and, and buy other types of insurance to protect the spouse. There's different ways, I think, to attack and, and deal with that issue, but we have to let the math do the talking right. instead of the emotion. And, and I think the second group, you know, the second category, their narrative is, is very different. This group isn't cutting back out of necessity. But rather by choice, it's not that their retirement kitty is dwindling. Instead, there are many reasons to explain a reduction in spending as we age. Take trips and vacations, for example. Couples in particular tend to allocate a more significant share of their budget towards travel in their more lively ages, 65 to 69. It's the golden period where the spirit of adventure is still in the air. But oftentimes there's a shift as we move from 70 to 74. This decline in travel and vacation spending often mirrors a decline in health. One or both partners might be grappling with reduced mobility or other health challenges. And it's not that they can't afford the Mediterranean cruises or the African safaris. It's that they might no longer experience the same joy from it. And while, you know, this may not be groundbreaking, I think it really shines a light on the important aspects of retirement. It underscores the unpredictability of good health. It's a reminder to all of us that you really do need to seize the day early in retirement. Dive into your dreams and aspirations head first because we never know what's going to happen. Our health might become a barrier, and I think that can be challenging. I, I saw um, recently I was walking through the lobby, and there was one of my very first clients from many, many years ago, and I was catching up with her. Mm -hmm. And when I met her and her husband, Everything was great. He was still working, about to retire, and we decided to work together and created a great plan for them. You know, he retired pretty shortly after that. 
pretty quickly was diagnosed with a very aggressive cancer and didn't make it very long. Right. So unfortunately, he didn't get to enjoy those golden years. Right. So we do never know what's going to happen. So we want to encourage people to enjoy it, but enjoy it with the plan. So you're not worried about outliving it. Right. Yeah. That's one of the real unfortunate things about this job. And we both love this industry and and working with clients, but we do work with older people. And unfortunately, you see these stories where somebody gets sick or they die, die or they can't enjoy it. And some of the worst ones are where somebody can retire and they just keep working and keep working until something happens. And, you know, sometimes you have a, um, I think of one not that long ago where the, the spouse passed away unexpectedly and the, and the remaining spouse was like, well, what do I do now? I, I worked all those years and now my, my, uh, adventure buddy is gone. So it's uh, there's a fine line. Some people retire early and are bored and, you know, they're unfulfilled and that can cause problems But other people work too long and they miss out on those adventure years. So but the first, first step is to lay out the roadmap and say, what does it look like? Can I do it? What can I spend? Can I be done? And then start, you know, create that, that vision board of all the things that you want to do, the fun places you want to go, and then start, uh, start knocking them off while you're young. And as we said earlier, I, I think it keeps you young. I like that idea, Randy, really defining what, what for many years, you know, when, when a new couple would come in, I'd ask them, you know, what's the why behind your retirement? And what I meant by that is, you know, I guess it's the American way to get your paycheck and spend everything and then some on a credit card, right? More than you can afford to spend. But for all the clients that we deal with that were financially responsible, they did what they were supposed to do. They paid themselves first. They put a piece of every paycheck aside for retirement. You know, why? Why not blow it? What are the things that are your passion? And it's so different. I mean, it's one of the things I love. It's so different and unique for each, every couple or every person, you know, seems to have a different dream of what that look. One might be, you know, I just want to be at peace in my garden. The other one wants to go on wild adventures all over the world. It can be very different. Right. Yeah. I, I've, over the years, it's, there's a, there's something called the pyramid of financial success. There's four levels to it and three we areas we live in and one I think we're going to expand into uh, the bottom level is money management. So you have to manage the money first. The next level up from that is attainment of goals. You know, okay, the money's under control. My goals are in place. The third level up is peace of mind. All right. Do I have the peace of mind that I'm comfortable with the goals and the money management? And then the fourth level, that's where it gets interesting is fulfillment. And I, I'm sure that we'll have a conversation at some point, five, 10 years from now down the road, we'll have a behavioral finance person on staff that's going to help people make that transition that once we've handled those bottom three layers, how do we have a fulfilling retirement? So I've been disappointed over the years to see people that get to retirement and they're not fulfilled. So I've challenged them with some things. There's something I call the post-it note exercise. I have them sit down and over the course of a month, no pressure, write down everything you've ever wanted to do and then uh, put it on some poster board. My wife and I did did this. It was fun. Where do we want to travel to? What do we want to learn? What do we want to do? I learned so much about her in that process and we kind of mapped out the next 50 years of things we want to do. And the funny thing is every once in a while we get it out of the closet and pull it out and I'm like, oh my gosh, we did that and that and that. We didn't even realize it because it just kind of goes into background processing and these things start, you know, there's not a lot of tangibility to that post-it note. There's just a little bit of stickiness on it, but just writing it down, slapping it on a, on a multi-year calendar, it kind of, it opens up the the floodgates of the, of the possibilities that you can do in retirement. Yeah, it sure does. Cause there's so much out there and it really starts with defining kind of inventory. What do I have? What am I spending? And what do I want to do? Then we can start to craft that incredible plan 
based on some of those goals and dreams that you have. But, Randy, this week we're talking about retirement income and kind of this myth. I, I think you and I have been around long enough. We heard it touted for many, many years that in retirement, you're only going to need 80% of your pre-retirement income. And my experience has been most of the time that's just not true. People actually tend to spend more initially. And we talked about kind of these three stages of retirement income, the go-go stage where now you have time, you're feeling good in retirement, you spend more, do some of the bucket list. Then there's the slow go, start to slow down a little bit. Maybe my knee hurts, my hip hurts, I don't want to walk all over the place. And then, of course, expenses can shoot back up because of health care. But I think, you know, it's really important to have a retirement income plan. Yeah. In the, the old days, you used to hear about the three-legged stool of retirement. There was um, Social Security, pensions, and then your personal savings. Well, not too many people have pensions anymore. So you're relying on two legs of the stool and, you know, how stable that is. But uh, we've got Social Security, which is a big part of many people's retirement. And then it's the personal savings. But how do you take that savings bucket or it could be multiple buckets and turn that into an income stream? You know, for, for many people, they go, hey, I've got a really big 401k. I've been doing the what I've been told. I've been socking money away in there for 20, 30, 40 years. I got a big bucket. How do I turn this into income? You know, uh, many people that have done some tax planning prior to retirement, they may have a, a Roth bucket as well. That gives them a little bit more tax flexibility. You can pull the money out of the IRA, it's taxes income. Pull it out of the Roth, it's tax-free. But it can be very overwhelming when a lot of people, they think, hey, I, I've got enough. I think I'm going to be okay. I just don't know where to start. Which which account do I draw from? And I hesitate to even bring this up because I, I see this from people where they come in very proud as a, as a new family that's evaluating us and they brag and say, I haven't paid taxes since I retired. The last five years, I've paid no taxes whatsoever. And I think, boy, that's an opportunity that's lost when you're in those low tax brackets. Let's, let's fill them up with Roth conversions so that you don't have to pay taxes at a higher bracket later. So a lot of times, I think in our job, we just do, do, we kind of flip things over. We do a 180. You know, a lot of people think, oh, the market's bad. Everything's down. I'm like, no, it's a great market. Everything's on sale. Or, you know, uh, I don't want to contribute to my 401k because the market's volatile. I'm like, well, that's the perfect time to contribute to your 401k. So it, just having an outside view, because a lot of people, it's, it's, we can explain our viewpoint uh, from our experience in generally, you know, 30 seconds. And a lot of times be like, oh yeah, I never thought of it that way. Oh yeah, you know, no taxes seems great now, but if it means I'm paying more later, maybe it's worth it to take advantage and fill up those 10, 12, 22% brackets now. So uh, getting getting an expert's opinion on on how you create that income stream based on what you've already done to this point, uh, very important. Well, you brought up taxes, Randy, and, and I think that's probably when we, do put a second set of eyes on someone's plan. That's probably the biggest missing piece is that tax planning. I mean, when we talk about the five areas that are that make up a comprehensive retirement plan, oftentimes we meet, sometimes people need help in all the areas, but oftentimes people come in and they might have one, two, even three areas that are, huh, you're doing pretty good. Yeah. This really isn't too bad. I don't, you know, change for the sake of change doesn't help anybody, right? But then there's those kind of more ancillary areas like forward thinking tax plan. And if you're listening and saying, boy, I don't think I have a tax plan. I haven't really thought about that in retirement. Don't, don't be concerned. That you, you are in the vast majority. Yes, if that's, definitely. If that's how you're feeling. But, you know, and I think when you think about you know, a lot of accountants, CPAs, they're doing what you hired them to do, which is to look in the rear view mirror, 
Imagine that car analogy we like to use, look in the rear view mirror, and they're looking at the last 12 months to try to keep your taxes as low as possible. We're talking about looking out the, the windshield. What are ways if we say, hey, we're going to live another 20, 30 years, what are ways we can look at that total tax bill for those multiple decades? What would that be with no planning? What planning can we do to reduce that tax bill? That's where we can see, you know, a big, big change. And that tax planning is so critical for so many people. Yeah, it's amazing when we run these tax plans, we see five, six, seven figure difference just by doing some tax strategies. And these aren't fancy strategies. You know, it's something that we can explain with a whiteboard in about two minutes and uh, people get it. And a lot of time, oh, and then there's usually that next re- revel- you know, revelation that I should have been doing this all along. You know, how come I haven't been doing this since 2017 when tax brackets went down? And a lot of the cases, there's a lot of advisors that they, they don't do tax planning. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, there's, there's you know, you, you build a firm the way you want it to be. So we're, you like taxes, we're a, we're a tax planning firm. Other firms like investments and that's great, but uh, it's important to take a look at all aspects of it. You know, if, uh, I like to say that the investments are the vehicle. I mean, if you've got a, on the day we're having a blizzard and if you've got the fancy sports car, that's not the appropriate vehicle for what you need that day. It's, it's great. You're probably happy to have it, but it's not the right vehicle. Same thing with your investments. You know, if you've got a high flying portfolio that's giving you great returns, but it's going to cost you more in the long run because there's no tax planning. It's not the appropriate vehicle for your, for your retirement. Yeah, that's for sure. And this is the time, you know, when we think about it, If you think back to the 2017 Tax Cut and Jobs Act, right, and that reduced almost all of our tax brackets, it also doubled the standard deduction, right? But that expires at the end of 2025. So we have 2024 here, 2025 at those rates if no new bills are passed. And then it's just going to go right back up to where it was prior to that law in 2017. The problem is, I think a lot of people don't realize there's an opportunity here for two more years Imagine, I don't know, uh, your favorite department store, you know, had a a 15% off sale, 20% off sale, whatever it might be. My guess is you're going to go and do some shopping if there's something you were thinking about or maybe in this analogy, something you had to buy, whether you wanted to or not. I think there's an opportunity, you know, to really increase what we could potentially have at the end by paying less to Uncle Sam. But every December 31st, with the very simple strategies, every December 31st that passes by, we've lost an opportunity. And you might be kicking yourself and saying, Tony, well, we're here in mid-January, and I didn't do that last year. Water under the bridge. Nothing we can do about that, but we can create a plan moving forward. Right. We have 2024 and 2025, and before the the taxes go up, we know they're going up. And probably they're going to have to go up even more. We talk a lot about the debt-to-GDP ratio, and Back in the 40s, when it, we had more debt than GDP, our top tax bracket was 94%, and our bottom tax bracket was 22%. You know, right now our top uh, tax bracket's 37, and the bottom one is 10, so it's considerably lower. That's the top bracket's going up to 39.6, but that's a long ways away from 94. Now we don't think it's going to go back up to 94, but what if it was halfway there? Well, I think that, you know, and, and if you look at, if I'm remembering right back when the top bracket was 94, the, the median rate that most Americans fell in was in the forties. Yes. Right. So certainly a lot of room to move upwards, right. Yeah. Even if it doesn't go to 94%. So I think there's a great opportunity to think about that. And I think you have to layer into the conversation beyond the fact that we know the law is changing. I think you also have to think about our country's debt. And if you 
really want to give yourself a nightmare and stay up at night, you know, visit this website, usdebtclock.org. That's usdebtclock.org. And it's a live running clock of the country's debt. Then they break it down by citizen and by taxpayer. And it's pretty startling when you see the numbers that way. Oh, yeah. I, I would say don't do that before you go to sleep. Yeah, it will keep you sure. up. But uh, we have a debt clock in downtown Milwaukee. If you're driving through there, you can look up and see it. I've seen that when I went by. Yeah. Yeah. And it just keeps ticking. doesn't matter what time you go by. You're going to see that debt clock going. And eventually there's going to be that the bill's going to have to be paid. And uh, the government really has two options. They can reduce spending or increase taxes. So I'll let everybody who's listening determine what they think yeah. is going to happen. <laughs> let me see. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a difficult one to figure out. But the great news is there are things you can do. I think we're also coming off the season, Randy, where people are saying, boy, I used to be able to deduct the money that I gave to charities, my church, charities, whatever mm -hmm. it is that's important to you. But since the, the standard deduction is double, I can't do that anymore. There are some great ways to get, get that back. There's some very simple strategies. One's called a QCD, a qualified charitable distribution. If you're 70 and a half or older, running out of time, so we're not going to really get into that today, but we'd love to talk to you about it. The other one is called a donor advised fund, and that's a great way to kind of bunch some of it, or you can kind of layer that in with other tax strategies. And those can be some great ways to think about getting some of those deductions back. And if today's show has you thinking that you need a better grip on your retirement income plan, give us a call. We'd love to set up a complimentary consultation. You can reach us at 414 409 7226 or by visiting retirementreadyshow.com. And remember, crafting a precise retirement income plan can be your compass for a fulfilling retirement. And that's what we're really looking for for everybody. We want you to have a retirement where you're enjoying yourself, you're spending the money you want to spend, you're confident that you're not going to outlive your money, and hopefully you're checking off some of those bucket list items. That's why you've worked so hard for so many decades to get to this point in life. But so many people, Randy, they're afraid to spend because they're just so concerned about outliving their money. An appropriate, comprehensive plan can give you that picture you need so you're more confident in that spending and you don't have to worry about running out of money. And sometimes that's the key to retirement success. Hey, podcast fans, if you're ready to take the next steps to create your retirement ready roadmap, then visit us at retirementreadyshow.com. Here you can download educational white papers, sign up for educational no-obligation workshops, or schedule your complimentary consultation. Also, don't forget to follow and like us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. Drake & Associates LLC is an independent financial services firm that utilizes a variety of investment and insurance products. Advisory services offered through Drake & Associates LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only and is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual's situation. Drake & Associates LLC is not permitted to offer. No statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by Drake & Associates LLC.